What happened? God damn it, did we lose the signal? How the hell should I know? I don't work for the cable company. Maybe you don't, but you handle the money. Did you forget to pay the bill? No! Before you blame me, have you tried changing the channel? Wait, go go back one. What even is this channel? Give me that. Great, now it won't change. What's that sound? I don't know. But turn it up. Come sit down. Okay. Good evening, or is it? I'm John Doe. And I'm Joan Risch. And tonight, the news. Before we begin, we'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us. Whether it was a voluntary act or perhaps a happy accident, we are glad that you tuned in. Our first story tonight comes to us from a bustling city on the East Coast where it appears something has happened. That's right, John. Ignacio Valente had been fighting with his wife, Angelico, purportedly over how she made macaroni. The argument escalated, culminating in Angelico declaring that she would rather die than return home before beating feet into the night. After a six-week cool-down, Mr. Valente realized that his wife hadn't returned, causing him to finally file a missing persons report with the local authorities. Upon giving his wife's description to the police, they informed him that a woman matching that very description had already been discovered and was lying in their morgue. Valente, accompanied by his young daughter, went to identify the body, confirming that the clothes she wore were indeed those belonging to his wife, but the body itself had been changed. According to Valente, the mortician stated, They all change after death. Valente insisted that this woman was better looking than his wife. The two continued to discuss the finer points of attraction until the mortician concluded by saying, Death beautifies them all. The body was then transported to Valente's home. The late Angelico Valente wished to be buried in her wedding dress, a beautiful thing made of taffeta with hand-sewn seed pearls that her mother brought over from the old country. Her obituary will be in the papers later this week. It appeared to be a normal day for a group of young Girl Scouts as they sat outside a local convenience store. With paperwork filed and cookies stocked, the troop was open for business when they were approached by an unattended dog. The dog began demanding cookies, but in German. The girls argued with it in a very one-sided conversation considering neither side could communicate with the other. The dog then barked, what a ripoff, these cookies aren't even made of real Girl Scouts quoting the famous German film The Addams Family before trotting off and disappearing into the woods, or so our eyewitnesses, who happened to be fluent in German, tell us. He was seen later in the day at several other Girl Scout locations, growing increasingly more demanding before disappearing. What a scare that must have been for those girls. German is such a harsh language. Certainly this dog wasn't getting thrown a bone today. Indeed, it wasn't. 
as no dog who has not worked for it should be. The dog days are certainly not over for this dog. Speaking of dog days, let's see what the weather's doing with our chief meteorologist, Rainy Days. Rainy? Uh, yes, hello, thank you, John, Joan. Um, well, as you've probably noticed, it has been absolutely scorching as a heat wave bears down on us. I've heard a lot of complaints about this in the past few days, which I passed along. I told them nobody likes a drought, but did they listen? Well, did they? No, of course they didn't. So much heat and so little rain is a literal recipe for disaster, but sometimes there's no arguing with a bunch of hot air. Today's weather was good for some things and bad for others. I'll leave that up to those who it matters to which side of the debate they fall on. There is a general outcry for some rain, but none is in sight for the foreseeable and perhaps unforeseeable future. This is what most meteorologists call a holding pattern, but what I call being stubborn. Tonight, temperatures will drop slightly and be as dry as some people call my personality at parties. But tomorrow will be more the same, to the point where hour by hour will feel like a slow crawl through a heated abyss, searching for anything that will alleviate the general discomfort brought on by a force that doesn't care about anyone other than themselves. This is not gaining us in the meteorological department any fans despite it not being our fault. I've been told that our negotiations are ongoing, but I'm not really holding out much hope. For the seven-day forecast, it looks as though Monday and Tuesday are going to be in the mid to upper 80s with Wednesday. Wait, is this a mistake? 300? Really? Um, okay, well, Wednesday reaching infernal temperatures, so stay indoors, everyone, and savor the time we have left together. For those of us who make it to Thursday and the weekend, good news, thank Temperatures become manageable with clear skies, so make sure to get out there and enjoy some average weather before they inevitably change their minds again. Back to you. Thanks, Rainy. I'm really looking forward to those post-apocalyptic temperatures. 300, that's outrageous. How can they get it up that high? That's insane. And we will be back after these messages. No matter where you go in this beautiful country of ours, you will encounter stories that blur the lines between the natural and supernatural. We welcome you to join us as we explore these local myths, folklore, urban legends, and tales from a small town. Breaking news. Police have caught a man accused of using alleged fraudulent traveler's checks despite being an American and never leaving his hometown. Sources say that Frank Lawman, age 45, attempted to buy a deli sandwich, but the cashier refused him service when he offered a traveler's check as payment. I don't know if they were fake or not. We just, like, don't accept that as a form of payment here. I don't even know why anyone would try to use them anymore. What is this, 1990? Upon being denied sale of purchase, Lawman grabbed his items and took off. Store security and a janitor pursued Lawman, who quickly outpaced them. Seeing that he was no longer being chased, Lawman stopped at a nearby lemonade stand on Perry Avenue, where he was given a cool drink by young Margaret Evans, aged seven, who had this to say when questioned. Yeah, I gave him a drink. It looked like he had just finished a race, which was weird considering he was wearing a suit. Evans went on to say, 
I gave him the lemonade and he flipped out a knife and started stirring it. All of a sudden, these three officers come tearing around a corner and my guy drops the knife and books it. But not before turning around and slapping something down on my counter. I thought it was the money for the drink, but it was just a weird looking piece of paper that said traveler's check on it. What's a check? What is a check indeed? Lawman was later caught by three detectives, a janitor, an entire squadron after a hot pursuit that led them through a vacant lot, over a fence, and finally ended cornered in a darkened alley. Upon apprehension, the deli sandwich was nowhere to be found. After further investigation, authorities found a stolen pack of cigarettes, a lewd magazine, and more than a handful of blank traveler's checks. Who knows what other heinous inconveniences he could have imposed on literally anyone else with those. Police later returned to Perry Avenue to arrest little Margaret Evans for selling lemonade without a permit. That's the price of conducting small business in capitalist America, as they say. And just as things are heating up in the world of white-collar crime, so too are they coming to a boil in the world of sports. We now turn to our sports correspondent, Brett Simmons, with the latest updates. Things have certainly been happening as baseball season is fully underway. Last night's matchup between Atlanta and Baltimore was cut short due to a medical emergency. At the top of the fifth, the Atlanta first baseman, Ricky the Rocket Ramirez, managed to get the jump on the pitcher and attempted to steal third to put the team in a perfect winning position. As the pitcher whizzed the ball to the third baseman, Ricky slid hard into the bag right between the third baseman's legs. Unable to contain all the power, Ramirez slid cleats up into the mascot who was waiting haplessly on the sidelines. The mascot, a big dumb Oriole named the Oriole Bird, went down like it was winged in a hunting accident and was carried off on a stretcher. Sadly for myself and all those watching, no real injury occurred. In any case, serves the mascot right for taking away from the real action of the game. Heading now to the ice, last night's showdown between the Blackhawks and the Canucks was a tense back and forth until the third period when a fight broke out between two players. In an interesting strategy, one of them removed a skate and attempted to use it as a shiv to gain the upper hand. Referees were quick to break up the fight. A shame, honestly. It was so close to making it into my top 10 ice fights of all time. <laughs> yeah. Slow start to the season so far, but luckily we're headed to the gridiron in a few weeks as Detroit heads to Miami for a game that should be, well, an absolute bloodbath. I, for one, am looking forward to the mayhem. Until then, this has been Brett Simmons with Sports. We have information on a developing story. Rescue parties have been sent in search of a group of nine hikers who have not been seen or heard from in over a month. Investigators tell us that the relatives of the group of university students who were experienced hikers and ski instructors expected an update on the group's location three weeks ago, but no contact has been made and they have now turned to authorities for help. A rescue party of volunteer teachers and students from the university, as well as militia helicopters and planes, have been sent out to scour the hikers' proposed route, as well as the surrounding areas. 
At this time, there has been no word on whether anything has been found. There is no telling what can happen on those whitewashed slopes, and hopefully, if they are alive, we hear from them soon. If they aren't, then we expect that something interesting has befallen them. Or at least newsworthy. We'll continue to report as facts come in. One can only hope we get those soon. Speaking of hope, we now turn to our own Johan Fitzwilliams to tell us about some fun events happening in your hometown. Yes, Joan. Well, as we all know, the carnival is back this year, and while locals, who know better, are shying away, it will hopefully help us get rid of some of those darn tourists. A volunteer sign-up sheet has already been posted at Town Hall for removal and cleanup. I feel like I need not remind the listeners that cleaning up helps us to forget the carnival until its inevitable return next summer. We would advise volunteers to learn from past participants and not directly interact with the many marbles and abandoned dolls left in the carnival's wake. Just dispose of them as you are instructed. And remember to keep an eye on your children, who may wander off toward the bright lights and screams of delight. Supervising your children should be the top priority of any passable parent. <laughs> right you are, John. Plus, we don't want another incident like last year. Thanks for the reminder, Johan. As always, it's nice to hear about what's happening in our local communities, because those are the ties that keep us together. The connections that drive us to the brink and force us to look into the abyss of human emotion before catapulting us into the sunshine of togetherness. They tether us to this world, regardless of our place in it. Each and every one of you who has tuned in tonight is a valued member of our community here at the news station. And for those of you who haven't tuned in, well, we'll see you in the future, even if you don't see us. It's a dangerous, strange, and wonderful world out there. So, until next time. Good night and stay safe. We'd hate to lose a viewer. <laughs>